it's all over. Penrith claim their first ever title, the Winfield Cup of 1991. Now the time is ticking away. The heat is about to sound. And the minor premiers, Penrith, they have won the trophy. Incredible scenes of emotion. Two iconic moments from the history of the Penrith Panthers, two premierships, and we wait in glorious anticipation to see if there will be a third. Hello everyone, I'm Troy Dodds. Welcome to this very special Western Weekender podcast as we preview the NRL Grand Final and we do it with a fair slathering of bias for the Penrith Panthers, of course. We will just check though, is there any uh, Melbourne fans listening? No? All right, good to go, good to go. All right, I am joined by Western Weekender Rugby League writer Nathan Taylor, who's had a first-hand look at the team as they prepare for Sunday's big game. Hi, Nathan. G'day, Troy. Well, what a uh, what a weekend and uh, what a week it's been. Oh, it's been a fabulous week. We've been talking about this day for for a long time, Troy, since we've been at the paper. We've always wanted to put out a, a grand final edition for the, for the Mighty Panthers, and we finally got to do that this week, and I think we all did a tremendous job. Absolutely. Well, of course, this Sunday's grand final is the culmination of the weirdest, wackiest, most wonderful NRL season on record from a complete shutdown of the competition for two months due to COVID-19 through to its incredible world-leading resumption on May 28 and then an amazing winning streak from the Panthers that now sits at 17 and now we're down to two, Penrith and Melbourne, and they'll go head-to-head on Sunday at ANZ Stadium. Um, let's just talk about the season itself first, I guess. Um, 17 wins, I guess none of us saw it coming. Um, in- incredible, really, to think that the, the, the record before that was eight. Mm. Um, we were wondering if we were going to equal the eight and all the nine. Well, we've potentially going to um, get to 18 if they can win the grand final on Sunday. Yeah, it's hard to believe how the season's panned out. Um, no one could have predicted this. Um, we barely had our, our Penrith sides in, the to- in our top eights in the podcast we did at the start of the season. So I think we've all been taken by surprise. And yeah, as each week went on, we, uh, we got more and more confident. Um, we spoke every, every week, you and I, before the games. This might be the week we might drop this one. But no, we came back in on the Monday and said, no, too easy. So it's, uh, yeah, here we are on grand final week. And um, yeah, it's it's been... a Amazing season and one that I don't think will ever be replicated again. No, and I think that's part of the reason why so many of us are eager to win it, not just because you want to win a premiership, but you feel it's kind of deserved after mm-hmm. an incredible season. And look, I know that there's people that want to um, want to bring down this achievement. There's people all week that are still saying that, um, that Penrith had this soft run through the season and all of that. I mean, it, it's a silly argument at the end of the day. We played everyone in the competition, and apart from 10 minutes against, against Parramatta, we beat them all. We beat all those big teams. We beat the Roosters twice. Yeah, beat South twice. Beat Melbourne. Beat Melbourne. We, um, actually, the only team we didn't beat, technically, was Newcastle. Um, mm. but we, we, we scored a draw against them, but um, that was a game without Nathan Cleary, and that was the first game back from the, the COVID break as well. But uh, yeah, apart from that, yeah, everyone tried to bring us down every week. Even when heading into the finals, they said, you know, you haven't really, you know, had a, had a soft run into the finals, but we still proved them wrong. And I think the Panthers will do that again on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's been bizarre that um, that line of thought um, that um, that somehow Penrith have had this easy run through COVID. When you can argue um, for any team, for and against, in regards to to what they've been through. In reality, um, you know, Penrith were forced out of Panther Stadium, mm-hmm. didn't return there until mid-season. Um, just like everyone else, they had to endure the shutdown. Went to Queensland three times, just like anyone else. It's you know, the, some of the arguments are, are very very silly and. This Penrith team, I think that really the only reason they've surprised everyone, because if you look at the players, I guess in retrospect you could say, okay, these players were on the brink of emerging, but where we finished last year, 2019, was a a pretty ordinary year, and I guess people just didn't see it coming in 2020. No, definitely not, and maybe some of that comes down to jealousy and and the ability that they weren't able to see it coming and, and sometimes experts don't see these things like this coming we um, we certainly didn't we follow the the panthers um through and through um every single every single year so yeah i just think everyone was caught by surprise but um yeah the boys did in the end and as you say it seems bizarre as we focus on the game now that that everyone almost in the in the expert world kind of wants to say well this is Melbourne's game to lose. Melbourne are the deserved favourites. The bookie has the bookies have Melbourne as favourites. It's like they still haven't learned after <laughs> after seventeen straight wins, two big finals wins. They still haven't learned that this Penrith team is um, is is a, in for a big chance on Sunday night. Um, how do you think the game will unfold? Oh, look, I'm predicting a, a wet encounter. According to my Apple iPhone, there is a bit of weather around uh, Sydney Olympic Park on Sunday, so that probably might... going to be bright and sunny then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that might make things a little interesting. Um, it might change things as well. Uh, Melbourne are used to a hard track playing up in, in Queensland all year. So they're used to throwing the ball around and, and scoring a lot of points out wide and that sort of thing. So things might be a little bit different this week. We played up the middle. But, um, I mean, Penrith won the 03 grand final in torrential conditions. So what's to say they can't do it again this weekend? Yeah, I got the feeling that um, what's crucial for Penrith is that they can't let Melbourne get away to a start like they did against Canberra. I think Melbourne can still get away to a start. I think Penrith can get Melbourne late uh, based on the fact that the Penrith are, are a lot fitter. I think that Melbourne are probably mentally stronger. I mean, they've been there, they've done it, they've got those experienced players. But at the end of the day, experience only takes you so far. Mm. And um, let's not forget a team like South Sydney. They'd been to two previous preliminary finals in the in the past two years. Experience didn't necessarily help them against Penrith. And, and the Roosters, well, they were going for a three-peat, so experience didn't help them either. So so this whole experience argument, I'm not really sure if it counts for much. No, I don't think so either. But I think, yeah, if Penrith do go down by a try or two, we've seen in that Roosters game uh, in the first week of the finals that it didn't affect them too much. They came back and scored the next three or four and, and went into the halftime break with a nice handy lead. So, look, there, there's a bunch of level-headed players in that team who will who'll stay calm, you'd think, Um if it does get tough there early on. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it's a good battle and, um, you know, it goes right down to the wire. Yeah, up to Penrith by one. I think that, again, it will be it will be one late. I, I've got this feeling that, that Penrith probably won't lead from the outset. I think it's uh, it's going to be another nail-biter. And um, Is that because what you've seen throughout the final oh, I just so th- far? I, I just think Melbourne's game plan is going to have to be to start fast. I think that Melbourne... You know, we've seen in a lot of games towards the back end of the season that they've conceded some points, but they've still managed to win those games because they got off to good starts and they can score points quickly and put teams away. But against the Tigers, against the Cowboys, they were, you know, dropping a lot of tries and leaking a lot of tries. And I just think that Penrith can can get them late with fitness. I think Melbourne just don't have that 80-minute fitness anymore. And I think there's a big chance on Sunday night that we could be seeing the handover of the baton from from Melbourne being this dominant force in the last decade mm. to, to this Penrith team, which clearly wants to stick together. 
Um, you know, we've seen that there's been some some news regarding uh, you know Charlie Staines re-signing, Matt Burton staying. They're players that aren't going to be walk-up stars in the Penrith's first grade team um, anytime soon, really, uh, necessarily. And yet they want to stay, and they want they, the players really want to keep this team together. So I think it could be the start of something on uh, on Sunday night. But yeah, I just think Penrith can um, can win it late. I think that they, they won't give up. We've seen them come from behind, as you say, in those first two finals games. And I think there's probably a big benefit in those two finals games in that firstly, the Roosters game, they got the scare that they needed um, after going out to a 28-10 to 10 lead. The Roosters came back at them. Probably uh, important that that happened. Otherwise, the confidence may have been too high going into that South game. And let's hope, as far as the South game is concerned, they got the errors out of their game because it was a, yeah. a bad watch. 13 errors, I think, all up. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Troy, the one thing we haven't seen from Penrith this whole final series is a is a perfect Penrith game. We did during the, the season. Mm. They were holding teams to, to no tries, one try, two tries, and Penrith are laying on the points. But in the final series, they've, they've conceded a lot of ball. They've dropped ball. They've had some very uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic like things happen to them um, in the in the playoffs. But um, maybe that changes on Sunday. Maybe they finally get the execution right and, and things go to plan for them like they have been all year. We just have to see. We will. All right, it's a 7.30 kickoff at ANZ Stadium on Sunday night. If you're heading out there, uh, there are trains, direct trains from Penrith I'll be on uh, to the train, Sydney Olympic Troy. Park. You're, you're training yeah, it in. Yeah, my train Excellent. seat. Excellent. Got the mask ready. <laughs> got, the mask, got the Opal car topped up. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, well, that's uh, two o'clock. from 2 o'clock. You can head out there, direct trains from Penrith to Sydney Olympic Park. If you're driving uh, the P1 car park, that is done, but um, there's some other car parks that are still open for you to pre book but you've got a pre-book and just a reminder too if you're heading out there ANZ Stadium is a cashless venue so make sure you've got your uh, your card on you to do all your purchasing there all right let's go back to uh through the week and of course Saturday night Penrith beat South Sydney we saw that great scenes Sunday they were straight back at it uh big media session um mm. take us through that because you were there and um you got to see the boys as they are uh, prepared for their grand final week were there, were there any nerves or how did the team act um just what 12 hours after the uh the victory yeah, so um, Panthers sent through a, an email uh, Saturday night following the game saying you know, there will be a Sunday afternoon media session, which has probably never happened in my time <laughs> at the club. They have had some, an odd Sunday session in the years past, maybe in the, in the morning um, following a game, but yeah, not in a mid-afternoon um, Sunday media session. So we all had to arrive at Panthers, uh, put our requests in for our players, and basically um, we were able to all have one-on-ones with players, which... It very rarely happens, um, especially if you want some of the big names. They usually put them uh, in all-in so the, the players don't have to do too many interviews. But, yeah, Panthers were very open with it this week and, and all the players were brilliant. Everyone we spoke to um, gave absolutely 100%. They, they answered every question like they hadn't heard the question before. Um, very emotional, very personal with each and every one. And the players were really relaxed and happy. And as one Panther staff has said, like they're going to be willing to do media this week because it's the grand final and you don't often get to the grand final. So the players gave 110%. Um, and, yeah, the amount of media that were there was, was extraordinary. And you've probably seen all week the amount of stories that have come out. And that was probably just from that Sunday session. So... It was fan- fa- fabulous, fabulous event that Panthers put on. And, and what the the great thing is that the, that that happened because there was the threat, I guess, that that we could have changed that. Now Penrith have been pretty open all year, even in COVID times. They've had to do Zoom press conferences yeah. and, and whatever else. But this team has been, you know, more than happy to to speak and more than happy to show off that they're very comfortable with walking around with you know big boom boxes and all of that sort of stuff. They don't care what people see. It probably would have been worse if we saw a, a guarded Penrith team this week. Yeah, exactly right. They could have do what other clubs do and shut out training sessions and and 
close off the media to, to all sorts of things. But no, Penrith has certainly opened their opened their doors up, and like they have all year, and um, they've done a wonderful job giving um, the media access so we can tell these stories for the fans. I saw Viliami Kikau actually, who you you did speak to as yes. well, but he um, in, a, in an interview this week he said, "Look, I just want to soak up everything, including the interviews." And yeah. and most of the time, you know, as as we we both know over years, players don't love doing interviews. <laughs> it's not the favourite part of their job. Yeah. It's not why they do the job. They know they have to do it, uh, and and sometimes they're not the most articulate and whatever, but it seems that everyone is um, is happy to chat this week and, and wants to soak up that feeling. Well, that's right. And, um, you know, players go the whole career not playing in a grand final. I spoke to Craig Gower the other day and he said Luke Lewis played and won a grand final at the start of his career, but then didn't get to play in another one until right at the very end. So mm. um, that could be the same for, for these bunch of guys too. So, yeah, they just want to soak it all in and enjoy every moment. And, um, yeah, they've certainly done that. All right. Now, uh, that was Sunday. Monday, of course. Dally M Day, and what a shambles this was. Now, um, let's start with the uh, the good news. Um, Ivan Cleary, Coach of the Year. Was there really any other uh, candidate as far as uh, 2020 is concerned? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you don't take a team to... Losing one game and, and drawing one game and not winning a and not winning coach of the year that would be just a farce if that happened. But um, there were a few farces that night. And you might be able to go go <laughs> with that. He actually won it incredibly. Uh, five years to the day since being sacked as Penrith coach, yeah. which is uh, pretty remarkable, and only rugby league could deliver that. Absolutely, story I mean, so. Ivan must have been cheering that day. I'm sure he would have known what day it was, and yeah, he would have definitely got a got a huge surprise. That's for sure. I wonder if he got a uh, congratulatory message from uh, from Phil Gould. Oh, if Gus was maybe awake, yes, that yes. he may have. <laughs> uh, well, it was a shambles, and, and the reason it was a shambles is this. Um, we saw that the Daily Telegraph um, accidentally, we think, uh, leaked <laughs> the uh, the winner of the Daily M Award in Jack Whiten. Now, I think it's important to say that um, this stuff does happen, um, unfortunately, in modern times. Um, you, you try and draft an article, you don't want it to publish, it does publish, so... I think we can buy the explanation. I think what fans are pretty upset about is the fact that what, why is it leaked in the first place? Yeah. Um, I think you made the point that at the end of the day, the Dally M finishes at the same time as a game finishes and, and they don't know the result of the game. So why can't they just put the stories together uh, very late in the night? They know who's in contention, so you could potentially pre-write stories. Is there really a reason for journalists to, to have to know in advance, who's won the Dally M? I, I don't think so, and I think it's just the journalists that wrote the stories trying to wield their power over the NRL and say, "Look, we, you know, we have something to do with the Dally M medal because I know News Limited do, mm. um, and we would like the to know the result early so we can put this together and pump it out." And yeah, it was a, it was a, you know, NRL probably bowed down to them and gave them res- the result, and uh, and here we are. But yeah, we, that's right. You write stories straight after footy games at nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. No issue. Same with um, same with with the normal um, print deadline um, journos. So there was no reason why this couldn't couldn't have happened this time around. It was just a, a poor a poor thing to happen. And very embarrassing from all parties. And I, and I guess the the toughest part, and this is where it all comes to. Uh, to sort of unravel, is that Nathan Cleary uh, was asked to go to this virtual ceremony because he was a good chance of winning. Now, he doesn't win, and I think when you all... There's no real arguments over Nathan Cleary's points. I know there's a mm. big argument about uh, why Whiten got points in a, in a game late in the season when he got sin-binned, why Clint Gutherson didn't get points in a game. But no one could argue Cleary's points seem pretty fair, so he just didn't get there. He, he didn't get there. That's not the point. The point is that he was dragged in there in grand final week when... Um, yes, normally the Dally M's are on in grand final week, but no other players had to had to go in there apart from those four to four or five players. Nathan was the only one involved in the grand final. It probably seemed unnecessary, I guess, to, to drag him in there. And then for it to be leaked anyway, uh, just a bit silly. And, and the fact that 
the NRL has been so strict on the bubble, yet we're like, well, you can exit the bubble because we want you, you know, it's in our favour for you to be there on the night. I just thought that probably unnecessary. And the other thing, Troy, he was doing interviews on the 6pm news, um, you know, they're making out, you know, you're highly predicted to win and that sort of thing, and, and he had to do all that. And it's just, it's just a bit, a little bit embarrassing, humiliating that, you know, he didn't get up because, you know, they made him do all this press making out that he he had won or had a good chance of winning and, and he didn't get up. So, yeah, it would have been a bit of an emotional night for, for Nathan, but, um, you know, we move on. To make it worse, I mean, I presume him and Ivan drove in together. He probably had to carry the award on the way home while <laughs> Ivan drove. I mean, that's unbelievable. And to, just to add to it all, just, just for, for people who don't know this part of the story, Nathan and Ivan had to get COVID tested. Um, really? On after the game on Saturday night against South, so they were in the clear to attend the Dallium Awards what? on Monday night because apparently uh, the NRL wanted them to get tested post the Dallium Awards. Yeah. Uh, so then they could go back into the bubble. Now this is all to do with the bubble. So you think that if the NRL is going to that much trouble, they could just say, you know what, if you're still in the bubble because you're still playing. Maybe we'll just uh, do this virtually and, and zoom yeah. you in, which is what they did obviously with Cameron Smith exactly. um, earlier in the night. So look, I think. Peter Volandis has said this week that there will be an overhaul of the Dally M's. Yep. Um, most things that Peter Volandis wants, Peter Volandis gets. So I think that next year we're going to see a different setup. And I think one of the issues that's emerged from the Dally M's is the fact that Jack White wins the medal. Is there anyone who actually thinks, no disrespect, but is there anyone who actually thinks Jack White was the NRL's best player this year? Maybe some Canberra fans do, yes, um, but yeah, probably not. But that happened. That happens a lot. I mean, there's always a there's always a player from a, another club, maybe a lower club, that's won mm. a, a daily M that that you know probably isn't the best player in the game, but um, for various reasons, you know, your, your teammates steal points off you or, or or whatnot, or you're the best player in such a bad team that you just rake all the points every week. So um, yeah, it's never often the best player in the game wins the daily M medal. Well, I guess you look at someone like Roger Tuivasa-Shek, who's won yes. the medal before, and, and no disrespect to Roger, who is a great player, but because he is so dominant in that Warriors team, whenever they win, he generally polls points, and that's why he finishes so high. Where Nathan Cleary, uh, obviously, has a halves partner, is polling a lot of points. Yep. Um, he's got um, you know players like Viliami Kikau and Stephen Crichton making big impacts on games. He's got um, you know James Fisher-Harris grabbing points through the year. He's, he's, the points are being taken off him because of that team thing. Maybe they need to figure that out and, and come up with a better system. Yeah, absolutely, and I. I I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come up with a much better system. There's been a few uh, different ways of doing it that's been floating around, like maybe just asking all the different broadcasters who are broadcasting the game to go in there and knock on the door. Who's your, who's your three, two, one for the game? And that way you get a more broad overview from a, from a bunch of different people um, who they think should win, rather than just solely focused on on one particular person every single week. So maybe yeah. they definitely need a better system. Absolutely. All right. And uh, look, I don't think that. Um you know, despite a few stories that came out, I don't think Penrith are very worried about what happened on Monday night. They they would have moved on from that very quickly. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, they've got eyes on a much bigger prize than um, than what's happening at the Dally M. So I'm sure they moved on from that. Five players in the team of the year, though, which is good news. Oh, absolutely! I think that's the most that any other any other club had. So we had uh, Viliami Kikau as second row of the year, James Fisher Harris prop of the year, Isaiah o, lock of the year. Uh, Stephen Crichton, centre of the year, and of course, Nathan Cleary getting the halfback of the year. Absolutely. All right. Now, on Tuesday, uh, the Panthers held an open training session. Uh, you went down to that. What was that like? Yeah, so they held an open training session for, for fans and, and obviously media to come down and watch. Um, I think they charged fans $10 a ticket to get in, which I'm completely fine with because the Panthers club had lost a lot of money this year with you know ticket sales and you know revenue from all other aspects. So if they're going to charge a few fans 10 bucks to, to get in to watch a training session, 
that's okay with me. Much easier to control the numbers there as well. That's given right. COVID I think they had the about fifteen hundred and eighty-five. I think they were capping yep. it at about three thousand. So yeah, they got it. They got a decent amount there, and everyone that was down there got a got a nice little show. Um, they were out there for about an hour. The players just doing a few different drills and skills. No, no game plan, no set play sort of stuff. Um, well, except the soapy balls that well, you, you saw uh, the soapy noticed, balls. Yes, yes, they were. Um, we saw Trent Barrett and Cameron Serraldo dunking balls into. Uh, eskies that were wet, uh, full of water and, and soap, and, and passing it to the players. I'm not sure how much that's going to help on on Sunday. Well, no, night, it helps because the last night does. I filled up an esky with um, with soapy water just for the plastic cups that I'll be drinking at Angel <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stadium. Just yeah. put them in there because it will be wet, and I uh, just made sure I've got a good grip on them. So uh, no, no, it's very helpful. And then yeah. um, and then after the training session, they had Kevin Kingston and Shane Elford go around with some microphones and and just chat to some of the players and Ivan Cleary as well about about the week so far and, and what they're expecting from game day. So, yeah, all the fans got a, definitely a good um, good slice of their Panthers on Tuesday afternoon. And, of course, uh, on Tuesday as well, we saw the team named, and that leads us to the conversation about what's going to happen on Sunday because that is when uh, Ivan Cleary's still an hour before the game is when he can he can finalise that team. Brent Naden was named at centre after, of course, being dropped back to the bench and not used last week. Mm-hmm. You would think that he's shown his hand here and that that'll happen again. I mean, it would seem... I guess a little bit odd if you just do that for one game. What do you think? Do you think Brent Naden will play on Saturday, Sunday? It's, it's a million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, personally, I, I think he'll he'll play. Brent Naden will line up in the, in the centres on Sunday. He just offers speed, and I know he's got some defensive issues, and he has said he's been working on them in the last couple of weeks as well. He knows he's not the best defender in the world, and we all know that. But Brent Naden is a little bit of an X factor. He can score tries. He's his second highest Panthers try scorer this year. He, he's off a speed of a Melbourne player, runs down the other field. Brett Naden's going to catch him. Tyron May probably isn't. So he does offer that. Um, he also hasn't lost the game in Panthers colours. Imagine pulling him out of that game and it's just one of these weird things and Penrith lose. I just feel that if Brett Naden plays, Tyron May is still on the bench. He's still there. He can still come in and, and do a job if some defensive lapses happen, bring Tyra and May in and go from there. But what, your models will have both players there if you can, in my eyes. Well, yeah, this is going to be interesting. If you forced me to make a decision on what I think is going to happen, I actually think that we will start like we did last week with Tyra and May there. I just don't know what happens to Brent Naden if they bring maybe Spencer Lenniu in mm. instead of Naden. Um, what I would probably like to see is that, uh, you know, and I know you can't just... Um, you know, test things out during uh, during a grand final. But I'd probably like to see Naden rewarded, get his centre position, and if there is a, v- a problem early, then unfortunately burn an interchange and, and try and tighten up that defence if it's still an issue with uh, with Tyrone May. I agree with you. On, I think Tyrone May does need to be on the bench because I think that that, um, or it needs to be in the squad. And if you put him at centre, you're kind of forcing yourself into that, particularly if you don't run Naden yes. on the bench, where May can obviously cover a variety of positions. Um, and he's done that needed, all year. So. He's come in and he's had a huge impact whenever he's come on. So he's a bit of a X-factor player himself. He's so versatile and can play anywhere, and he's put many players over for tries. So oh, I, just, I just I just would feel terrible for Brett Naden. He's done nothing wrong all year. Like, everyone misses tackles. I mean, Tyron May missed tackles the other day too in you know playing in centre there. So I just feel that the buggers deserve that. He's, he's done everything he could all year, and to, to miss the final game of the year would, would be 
awful for him. So um, fingers crossed he's there on Sunday. And look, I think he's every chance because there was no reason Ivan just couldn't name the team that won the other night. So yeah. he has named Brent Naden there in, in a grand final. So it will be interesting. And of course, Nathan Cleary was named for his 100th NRL game. Mm. So it's a milestone game for Nathan Cleary. And um, Dad and Coach Ivan will be presenting him with the jersey, of course, with the bubble restrictions that maybe they would have done <laughs> something different. Yeah. Um, but it'll be Ivan who's presenting him with the jersey. So there you go. Uh, so that was the team on Tuesday. And uh, of course, on Wednesday, well, the countdown just sort of really begun. Um, we continued to see the excitement and the Sydney Harbour Bridge um, you being used as well to promote the grand final. Well, I've renamed it the Panther Harbour Bridge um, <laughs> because all the Panthers images they're projecting on the pylons there of the Sydney Harbour Bridge look, look fantastic. And um, yeah, it's a great initiative from the NRL. It's good to good to see us finally up there and um, yeah, in one of the most iconic um, attractions Australia has to offer or the world has to offer. So yeah, that, that's a great idea from the NRL and you can head down every day at night uh, into the city and uh, see that on full display and get a picture with it. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, yeah, and then the rest of the week, well, it's just all about the preparation now and um, um, basically the team doesn't have many media commitments because um, because of COVID, so we don't have those traditional um, grand final lunches and things like that. There is a, a lunch at Panthers on Friday, um, and that lunch uh, will be attended by some legends and Ivan Cleary via Zoom, but um, it's pretty much just the team getting into it, which I think is it plays a role in, in the preparation as well, that if the Panthers were going to get stage fright, at the end of the day, yes, they can see all the extra media and the extra excitement around town, but they're not being shipped around to these yeah. footy show appearances and grand final lunches and breakfasts and all of that sort of stuff. That probably works in Penrith's favour. Oh, that's right. And these guys are just so cool and calm and confident. They're just, they're just loving every every bit of this. So, um, yeah, I don't think any of that has bothered them. And, yeah, I think they're going to be primed and ready to go on Sunday, just like they have been all year. So, yeah, it's been a fantastic week and it's been very enjoyable, not only for, for the fans, but for the media as well. Me and you, Troy, we're huge Panthers fans, and it's it's been an exciting week getting to see um, everyone talk about Penrith this week. It has been. All right, let's talk about some grand final uh, storylines, because uh, there's a few storylines in this. Now, probably the biggest does not involve Penrith, and that is the, the Cameron Smith situation. Is mm-hmm. he retiring? Is he not retiring? Um, I don't know, look, to be honest with you, I I don't care if Cameron Smith retires or not, but the rest of the media seems to. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if the rugby league fan base actually cares. Um, you know, the media would like us to care. Yeah. I think that's the situation. But uh, look, how bigger influence is this? If we are to believe mm. that Cameron Smith has not actually made his decision, so we're to believe he hasn't said to the team, "This is my last game," yeah. which I actually think I can believe because why wouldn't you tell them? You know, and just and tell everyone, and, and who cares about that pressure? I mean, they thrive on pressure. But let's let's believe that story. Um, what influence does this maybe maybe not storyline have with Cameron Smith? Oh, look, I think he's um, I think he's retiring, no matter what. You're calling it? Yeah, win or lose, Cameron Smith's retiring. I think it, there's just too many signs that suggest otherwise. Um, I also think. He, he he doesn't want to put his team under pressure too because if he says he's retiring, then there's even more pressure on, on his teammates to get the job done for him. I know um, Phil Gould said that in his podcast yesterday that you know if, if Cameron Smith is retiring, then yeah, his teammates could be under a lot of pressure to get things done and that could undo them on uh, on Sunday night. They might, you know. You know what though? Yes. If that is true, yep. if that is true, I'm I'm very surprised, and I think that is a weakness in the Melbourne Storm. If the Melbourne, if if it's, it's too much, before, Troy. but if it's too much pressure on your teammates to send you out a winner yeah. 
to tell them that I'm going out and I, I want to go out with a trophy and that's pressure and that's like, please, they would surely they would want that. Let's think about 91. We knew Royce was going. Penrith wanted to win for Royce. There's other players over many, many years who've some gone out with a premiership, some not. But to me, it's not pressure. It's excitement that you can you can try and do it for your, your, your captain. Yeah, but it's happened before Troy and to Melbourne two or three years ago when Billy Slater retired. That was Billy Slater's last game and they got trounced. They couldn't get over. They couldn't well, get over um, the Sydney Roosters in that game. So they have form in in not sending out their plays in, in the best of in the best of ways. So um, yeah, I mean, it, we got James Tarmo. It's his last game as a Panther. I wonder yep. if there's any yeah, <laughs> if well, the Panthers are feeling any pressure to send him out. Well, a winner. let's put that in the storylines as well. Good on you, good on you, Jimmy. <laughs> but the other storyline, of course, is the Nathan Ivan um, storyline, father son and. Um, now, incredibly, uh, this is the second time that Penrith has experienced this at a grand final. Yeah. Um, I spoke to both Martin and John Lang during the week, who, of course, won the comp with Penrith in 03. Both of them, by the way, cheering on the Panthers, uh, which is good oh, news. of course they should. Uh, yeah, well, John, of course, coached at a, a number of clubs. But, um, yeah, both um, both are cheering on the Panthers. And both of them believe, look, this is no issue. And what, what I think was interesting is that if I think back to 03, I don't think this even got talked about. The, the, the father-son storyline. We're so obsessed with it in uh, in 2020. But when you look at it, I think that too many of us look at that storyline and go, oh, how could it work? How could it possibly, you know, mm. they must not get on at times. But they seem to be lapping it up. Well, that's right. And I guess we we're all thinking that last year when Penrith had such an awful year with, with Ivan and in charge of Nathan for the first time. But things have turned around this year. And, yeah, it's been great to see some of the images we saw after the game on on Saturday night are going to be iconic. I mean, they're showing them on the Harbour Bridge now of, of Nathan and Ivan embracing after the game. So, yeah, it's it's a great storyline. And, um, yeah, maybe we didn't talk about it as much in 03 because, you know, Martin Lang isn't the biggest, hmm. you know, wasn't the biggest name in the world and that sort of thing where Nathan is, is probably one of the most high-profile players in the game and, and Ivan's pretty high-profile as well these days too. So, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of chatter about it, but how good would it be to see those two go out uh, as premiers on Sunday? Absolutely. Now, if Nathan Cleary, um, this is the other storyline, if Nathan Cleary at 22 years old wins a premiership, potentially wins a Clive Churchill medal, yeah. uh, he's the New South Wales halfback, where does this put Nathan Cleary as far as his career at such a young age? And there was plenty of people critical of Nathan Cleary who seemed to think he was going to be this fully formed halfback that we saw in Cooper Cronk and, what, and other players when he was only 19 or 20. It was silly criticism. But where does it put him if uh, if Penrith win the competition at 22 years old? In terms of in the game? Like, in, the, in the game. Where is, he in, where is he at in the game? Well, I think he's probably one of the top two or three players in the game currently, um, even without a premiership at the moment. I mean, yeah, there's, there's not many ahead of him at the moment in terms of the way he's been playing this year. I mean, he, he should have got the daily M, but yeah, as I said, he's... His teammates took some points off him, and there were some other controversial decisions. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's one of the best players in the game, and I'd argue to say he's probably one of the top five Panthers of all time. If oh, he can is. get the premiership on on Sunday, get your Clive Churchill medal, then there's not too many Panthers in front of him, I don't think. Well, it's interesting that Martin Lang um, said to me, and he's said in a few other interviews I've noticed this week that he believes this Penrith team, if they win the competition, is the best Penrith team ever. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, a big call from a from a 2003 uh, champion who was part of that team to be able to be willing to say that. And Greg Alexander as well. I thought one of the interesting things this week was Brandy, um, you spoke to him, basically saying um, through the week in other interviews as well that, that the 2003 is his favourite grand final, yeah. not 1991, which is, which is incredible. Yeah, and we were, I, I thought that was interesting too when he told me that as well. And I guess 
when you're playing in a grand final, it must feel a feel the feeling must be a lot different to when you're just a fan and cheering on. And I do remember now looking back that um, Brandy was on the on on the sideline, or he was yep. down on the field when when the full time siren rang for for 2003, and you could tell he was. He was damn excited about that one. So, yeah, I mean, it must feel different as a, as a fan or someone involved with the club watching on than, than playing. But that was, a, that was an incredible revelation from Brandy. And another bit of Brandy, a uh, little tidbit uh, for this week as well. He traditionally calls the grand final for Fox yes. League with Warren Smith. That's been a bit of a grand final a combo time, yeah. for a long time. But he's not this week. He's not. He told me he put his uh, his leave in last uh, week. So I'm leave. thinking even before Penrith <laughs> made the grand final, he's put his leave in. He must have been that confident. And yeah, he's uh, he's not calling it this week, which probably probably for the best. He deserves to, <laughs> to sit there with the fans or, or with whoever he's, he's going to the game with and watching it and cheering it on because uh, there's no one more passionate than Brandy um, about the Panthers. So yeah, it's good he's got the night off. And who's replacing him, do you know? Uh, the Oracle, Brayton Astor, he'll oh, be in the, uh, in the box. So uh, Brayton Astor will be calling it with Woz. Now, important to point out for those that do watch uh, their footy on Fox League that um, you, you might get very confused if you turn it on on Sunday night because uh, <laughs> Fox, of course, don't have the rights to the grand final or the state of origin. So exclusive to Channel 9. So that's where you'll be watching it if you're not going to the game. Home um, of Rugby League Channel 9, Troy. Yeah, the so, voice will be calling it. So they say. Um, Rabs is, uh, is going to be calling the game. And, and you're declaring, yep. forget Cameron Smith. <laughs> You've been declaring around the office this week. You think this is Rabs' last grand final? Look, as much as I hope it isn't, because you know I'm a big Rabs fan. I, I, you know, he's my favourite commentator. Has been, and you know, rugby league won't sound the same without him. You watch the viewers drop off next year if he's not there. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he he did go out with uh, with this grand final. He's obviously still got the origins to call, and no doubt he'll be he'll be calling some of those. But. Um, yeah, it, it could be. It could be Rabs' final game, and what a way to go out with a, with a Panthers victory. Well, it would be, of course, he called the 03 uh, grand final, yep. which, uh, which we heard a little bit earlier. So, uh, yeah, but that's Channel 9. Now, Channel 9's got coverage all day. They've got the NRLW grand final as well. And if you get home from the grand final and you want to watch the replay and you haven't taped the 9 version, Fox have the 10 o'clock replay there and a post-NRL 360 uh, next week as well. So you'll be able to, you know... Well, if Penrith lose, you won't want to watch it. But if Penrith win, you want to watch it all, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, both all, uh, or nine in particular, obviously, will have all the post-match coverage. If you're listening on the radio, well, there's a few uh, few places you can listen to it. 2GB, the ABC, and Triple M as well. Um, hopefully, you're, um, you're not at work or someone driving around listening. Hopefully, you get to watch it. And, of course, if you're going to ANZ Stadium, get there nice and early because it's uh, going to be a wet night. Which um, I don't know. What do you think about a wet grand final? Well, I was wondering, like, is there someone going to sell some uh, ponchos? Like, is there anywhere I can get one just in case? Well, or... Target, Kmart, many shops. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know how bad it's going to be. People are saying it's a weather event. I'm not sure if it's going to be that can bad. Tweet Nathan if um, you know where the best ponchos in Penrith are. <laughs> um, look, I, I don't know. You know, I might wear a poncho, but I, I remember in '03 I just sat through it, and I think it was. Um, it, it's part of the memory. So if you're worried about the rain, just get out there and go to it now. No excuses, by the way. I know people are saying it should be a Sunday afternoon grand final. I've heard some doozies of excuses this week about why people can't come. And for me, the winner is the person who's not coming because it's school photos day Monday. (laughs) And their kid might be too tired. Who cares? Yep, well, exactly right. So I don't want to hear any excuses. And rain is not an excuse because let me tell you, you'll you'll love it. And for for years to come, you'll say what a great night that was in the rain. That's right. And these these don't come around often, Panthers fans. 17 years since our last one. So it could be 17 years. It could be longer again. So if you can afford it and if you you can get down there and there's no school photos on the next day, bloody sit in your seat (laughs) and watch the game. 
Absolutely. All right, now, Nathan, you've got some predictions that we made at the start of the year. Yes, I do. They're um, very interesting. Now, uh, what do you got there? Uh, I, I presume I tipped Penrith as minor premiers uh, and 17 straight wins. Uh, well, before I get to our, our latter predictions, mm. um, I did listen to the podcast we recorded before the start of the season um, just now, and I think it was back in March, yes. and uh, this was right when COVID was bumble- you know, bubbling around, we, there was only like one or two mm. cases around the world, it was it was pretty you know, low-key, but uh, things have changed a lot yeah, since yeah, then, but um, I've taken some notes, because I listened back to the podcast yesterday, and just some of the things we got right and got wrong, so I'll roll mm. through them for you. Um, did you know that James Fisher-Harris didn't play any of the preseason games, because he had that surgery? Oh, that's right. Yep, um, yep. So we're all a bit sceptical how he would go, but ends up turning out to turned be... Turned out to be one of the great props in the game this year. Yeah, one of the best seasons of his career as well. We also predicted that Appy would be the buy of the year, and I oh, think there's no doubt that he was. He was. Um, look, he is, look, people want to talk about, you know, Trent Barrett's made this impact yes. and all these things, but, but Appy Corusau has been... Dynamite, and amazing how close it was that he was going to Canterbury. I know. Uh, so, yeah. you know, those sliding doors moments that have uh, potentially got Penrith to the GF. Absolutely. And speaking of Barrett, we um, we heard all preseason that Barrett did wonders for the attack, and um, that has come true. We called it a great addition, and uh, while Barrett's going to be leaving us after Sunday's game, there's no doubt that he's um, certainly transformed this side. They couldn't score points at all last year, and this year that they score points from all over the park. So well done to Trent Barrett there. And also good on Ivan for, for seeing that yeah. as well. I think that there's there's some criticism around that. Like at the end of the day, Ivan saw that, okay, there's a problem here, let's fix it. And I think as far as Barrett going, um, someone else will, will fill that gap. It's, right. Ivan knows it now that there needed some, some assistance there, and that'll be fine. Well, speaking of Ivan, he was one of the clearest was one of your storylines heading into yeah, the season. Yeah. He's, uh, he's going to be under a lot of pressure to deliver this year. Yes. And you also said that Nathan Clear, it needs to be his team now that James Maloney well, is gone. And those that. two things panned out. Sure. My storyline was Nathan and his halves partner. I said if Jerome mm. Luai is Nathan's halves partner for the whole season, it means Penrith are, are going well. Things are going well for Penrith. And that was the case. The, apart from when Nathan Clear was suspended for those matches, they played every game together, Nathan and Jerome, and, and look what happened. So that was a good call by us, I think. Yes, yeah, good. Um, then... COVID, as I said, COVID was bubbling around there and we were wondering, you know, would games get cancelled? Would would um, fans not be able to attend? Mm. And uh, I, I said that we wouldn't cancel any games, <laughs> but we would shut out fans, which, which did happen. We, we yeah, didn't... we did cancel two months' worth of we games. We did, but... <laughs> <laughs> we, we, and, we, you know, we had some cardboard cutouts there. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Um, we also weren't both... We weren't um, fans of the Captain's Challenge. Both of us thought it was a silly idea mm, and that it would, it would drag the game out and, you know, would get rid of it after okay. year one. But um, I think we're fans of it now. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of the Captain's Challenge. There's just two things that I will uh, I will say about it. Mm-hmm. The first one is that we've got to formalise what the rule is around... Uh, the 10 seconds, because we saw that become 20 seconds Well, yeah, in the podcast, we actually thought it was five seconds. Yeah, well, <laughs> and the other thing is that I hope the NRL doesn't get trigger happy and make it two or three or whatever else. Just the, the one challenge is yeah, fine, because we've out, seen, and we've at the end of the day, if you get it right, if you're really that confident and you get it right, you still keep your challenge. There's no need to make it two or three and allow you to just keep challenging yeah, random yeah, things yeah. through the game. One last quirky thing before I get to our top eights. Mm. Um, our glossy posters this year have been an absolute yes. hit. Um, people still call us up trying to get them. They they're, they're very they're limited. They're very rare, yeah. So you are, you're you very lucky to get one each week if you did. But you did promise a few posters that we didn't quite get oh, this year, no. Troy. What have we got? Now, we did get an Ivan Cleary poster. We did, so yeah. that was good. But we didn't get a, a mascot poster. Mm. 
So there was no... Well, the mascots weren't available for the photos due to COVID. Oh, okay, so right. They're not in the bubble. And we, you also promised everyone a cheerleader poster now. Same situation. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, the cheerleaders are not in the bubble, um, and we weren't able to get the photos there. Uh, and they didn't, of course, I know they've been at the finals, but we, the, we missed the cheerleaders. I'm sure we had some archive year, shots so. of cheerleaders, uh, you know. Look, we could have put a nice spread together. I'll tell you what, we'll figure something out. So, <laughs> there'll be definitely cheerleader posters next year, and there'll be a premier's poster next week. That's hope, right. Hopefully. Okay, now I'll get to the all-important top eight, Troy. Yes. Now, you know... I didn't do it very well either. I don't think mm. anyone would have tipped a, a great top eight. If you tipped a top eight at the start of the year and it came true, <laughs> then buy a lotto ticket because you're, you're a sensational tipper. Um, so, Troy, uh, your minor premiers, yep. you had the Roosters. Mm. I had the Storm. Mm. So you were a bit closer. Okay, so not too bad, not too yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, both finished in the top four. But you did say, Troy, that the Roosters would be caught out in the back end of the season and they well. won three peaks. So that's it's true. Nostradamus. They, they went out in straight sets. Nostradamus might Coming in second, you said Souths, and I said the Roosters. Okay. So pretty close there. Then you said the Raiders in third. I'm not why I also said the Raiders in third. Mm-hmm. So they missed the top four, but yes. they, they're still there in the they're still there in the final week. Um, Storm and Souths in the top four for me, for you. You said Storm, I said Souths. Yep. But these where it gets a bit tricky. Okay. So Troy, your next four teams were Manly. Mm-hmm. The Broncos. You said the Broncos would lift on the emotion of Darius Boyd's retirement. <laughs> the North Queensland Cowboys. Oh, gee. And you didn't want to put Penrith on in your top eight. You thought they might finish ninth or tenth, but you did manage to scrape them in in eighth. Yeah. You said they just had no depth this year. To, if there were some injuries, there was yep. no depth. I'm in good company, at least. And, yeah, they, they would struggle to make the eight. My last um, six to eight was Eels in six, Cowboys in... Um, Eels in fifth, sorry. Cowboys in sixth. Panthers in seventh, and Broncos in eighth. Um, so yeah, we got those last ones yeah, well, a bit wrong. I think we're in pretty good company. Um, you said the Titans company. could surprise everyone and make well, the eight. Well, almost. And Newcastle won't do much. They end up finishing <laughs> sixth, well. so they had a pretty good season and were the only team that couldn't beat Penrith this year. Uh, you said Parra would choke. Yep, they, they did. Straight they did. sets. I mean, yep. And this one, you said Moses Mitchell Moses would play Origin alongside Nathan Cleary. Wow. <laughs> well, Origin was disrupted. Is he even so. in Brad Fittler's 27? Yeah, it's not worried about that. <laughs> All right, look, that is it uh, from us. What an incredible season. There is a very special edition of the Western Weekender out now. Uh, your grand final wrap that everyone will want to keep, I'm sure. Great gloss cover on that, so make sure you get that. And we'll have post-match coverage next week as well. Nathan, enjoy your grand final. Enjoy the game, Troy. Stay and dry. Go the Panthers. <laughs>